Have you ever thought about that while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb? I did. I actually bought two homes in Albuquerque that I Airbnb'd, and it was just an amazing investment, honestly, because, you know, as you are accruing value in your property, you are also making money on the Airbnbs. It's amazing. So your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila is a must-have. It's an award-winning tequila. It's infused with real juice, with real fruit, which means the flavors are built in. It's real. So you need like two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. Hey, um, you know how I'm always trying to keep my house parties exciting? New cocktails? <laughs> do you? Yeah. Okay, well, here's something that's going to flip the script. Okay. All right. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about this, right. Oliver Hudson. Yeah, 21 Seeds is an award-winning tequila that's infused with juice from real fruits. You only need two to three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. Wait a minute. I think I know what brand you're talking about. You know why? Yeah. Because 21 Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend. It's female founded. That's right. See? Sounds See like how I know? Something I can get behind. I know. Well, there's a good story behind that for sure. Listen, if you love tequila... You have to try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds Diageo, New York, New York. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. <laughs> sibling rivalry. That's good. Hi. What's up, Katie? Um, so we did the Nickelback. We, we, you know, we interviewed Nickelback, Chad. And Mike. They were so great. Um, they revealed some like pretty crazy stuff about their relationship and then and then things they found out later in their life, which I really appreciated. Mike was really open. I like that. Yeah. He's like he said he's never been open about this um thing. And I, I like that he's like, you know, I shouldn't be transparent about you know the smoke. <laughs> and uh, so I thought that was pretty cool, but we learned a lot about them. I was shocked. I really was shocked by their uh how they were you know, grew yeah. up and like their history. Yeah. No. Ruger's um, lived in a very small town and then to find the success that they did out of Canada was pretty impressive, you know, and then even dealing with all the haters later on, we talked about that a little bit, you know, they just have a level head. They're still doing it. I mean, they're still torn. Yeah. Mike, Chad, thank you for sharing with us. Um, I hope everyone enjoys our Nickelback episode with Chad and Mike Kruger. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having Thank us. You. 
We're hitting all kinds of corners of the of the world. Kind of are, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We've got LA to Albuquerque to Serbia. To Abbotsford, British Columbia. To Abbotsford, British Columbia. Are you guys still actively touring a lot or no? When was your last tour? Uh, when was it? October 19th, 2019 was our last show. Yeah, we played. In Rio. Okay, so you're still you're still touring all the time. I mean, yeah. before, I'm, I'm talking about with co- put COVID aside. Okay. Yes, absolutely. We're we're ready to work whenever we can. Hey, you're gearing up, aren't you? Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back a little bit. Let's go back to the very beginnings when you were just swinging around in your dad's nuts. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. Yes. Yes. Um, Oliver. So Jesus. where were you born? Where, where guys? Where were you guys born? Where did you live? Well, uh, yeah, I was born first, so I guess I'll go first. Um, I was born in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. Daddy, where were you born? Uh, I was born in uh, Provost, Alberta, which is about uh, maybe maybe nine hundred people. Wow! Really? <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> wow, <it's> so small. <laughs> <laughs> How many years apart are you guys? Two and a half. Two and a half. So you're like, no and we didn't really spend that much time. Like, I didn't spend that much time in Calgary. I, I think it was a matter of, you know less than weeks. I don't even think I spent a month in Calgary. And I don't know how long um, we lived in, in Provost when Chad was born there either. Like we, we oh, moved wow. around quite a bit. Yeah, we moved to a little town, um, about 2,900 people. Wait for the gasp. Um, and uh, it was called Hannah, Alberta. And we grew up there and uh, there was nothing to do but get in trouble or um, get in trouble. Right. Mm. Yeah, so it was. it was like... Is that where you guys spent most of your childhood there? Yeah. 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 What Just, kind of trouble what kind of trouble oh are we my talking God. about? Oh my god. Wait, you're don't don't go there yet. Hold on a second. Go ahead. So, <laughs> Kate's like frame this up. Let's frame this up a little bit. <laughs> Oliver goes right to the heat. What is your mom what are your what why are you there? Like what are your is it work? Was your what 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 jobs did your parents have? Uh, our our stepfather was a, a welder. And my mom uh, taught dancing. We were really there because our grandfather and grandmother lived there, that, and they they kind of co-raised us. Um, you know, they were uh, they were a big a big part of our uh, a big part of our childhood, and they were they they kind of they parented us on a, on a large part. Oh, really? Yeah. Would yeah. you say e- equally or more so than your parents? <laughs> <laughs> mom, don't watch. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't tune into let's this. Let's say equally. Uh, let's just say equally. Uh, let's go with that. Give us, give us a little bit of the landscape. Like twenty nine hundred people. Is it mostly farmland? Are you living yep. in prairie? Mostly so, prairie. A little bit of cattle, um, and uh, and flat. And flat. You, the joke is, you can watch your dog run away for about a week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's a joke of prairies, yeah. I love that joke, actually. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's get into the trouble part. Wait, wait, so what was the city like? Like, Damn. what was, what did your, like, strip? What city? Is it like a what strip? city? What city? Did you have, like, a general store? We didn't even have a stoplight. No, but there was, wow. there was more, you know, more than a general store. We, we, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't so primitive, but you know, it, you can judge a, a, a city because it has a McDonald's and the nearest one was a long ways away. 
Um, mm. People would actually yeah. drive to other cities just to attend a McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> wow. Okay, wow. No shortage of bars, though. There's like four bars and three liquor stores. Canadians are a rather thirsty bunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very. A lot. There's nothing oh, yeah. else to do. Getting back to the trouble part of things. <laughs> I mean, when you said He's there fixated. are... He's fixated. Well, well, I mean, it was a great segue because, sure. you know, there was 14 bars in your town and sure. liquor stores. So, hence the trouble. It's like, oh, well, we're just going to drink and do stupid shit, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty much that's how we got here. I think I've got uh, 11 counts of B&E. Um, mm-hmm. Um, breaking and entering for all you yeah. know. Yeah, I got, uh, oh, I think no. I had. So in, my, my lawyer on the one charge got me out of, uh, so we don't have grand theft auto as you guys have. We just have theft under a thousand and theft over a thousand. So he got me out of theft over a thousand and got me down to joyriding. So that was nice on the one charge. Good um, lawyer. Oh, yeah. Good lawyer. You, you, I don't think you told everybody what your age was at this time, Chad. Oh no, you're like 14. Uh, oh. oh my God. <laughs> well, I, no, at 14, I was in juvie. So I was already in juvie for uh, for a bunch of other stuff. So I did a little stint in juvie. I was a bad kid. Wow. Yeah. This is great. Uh, I'm so disappointed was, in you as a child. <laughs> well, I'm like, but I mean, you've done so well for yourself, but like, my God, that's. Wait tough. a minute. But what was. What was brother doing? I mean, were you just like, what the fuck are you doing? Or, oh, or were you- well, this one, this one was born with horns and that one was born with a halo. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, my, yeah, my conversations with him were, why do you keep doing this? You know, you, you, you're uh, getting caught the worst. You know, why, why, why do you do this stuff? And, you know, he, he once upon a time, you know, he was like, I think 12 I was kind of asking him these questions about, you know, why do you, you know, why do you do all this stuff? You keep getting in trouble and it looks like really sucks. And I remember him saying, well, it doesn't really matter because I can talk my way out of anything. (laughs) And at 12, he knew he could and kind of has done that. That's a very front man. It's a very front, it's a very front man thing to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but 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 did that? Well, how do you not, think you get the job of a front man if you can't if you can't bullshit talk your way like you, out of anything? You, I know, I, I know. My my dad, uh, yeah, you've you, you know you spent time with the odd front man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you were yeah. married. I think you were married to one for uh, quite some time. I was married to one. I sure was. My dad always said I could sell. Uh, he, my dad's like you could sell. What does he say? Uh, ketchup. You could sell ketchup popsicles to a woman wearing white gloves, is what my right. dad always says. No, that was, that was uh, Tommy from Tommy Boy who said that. Oh, well, my dad, <laughs> dad says that. You could sell ice to an Eskimo, I think. Oh, ice to an Eskimo. Yeah, that's another one. So right. essentially, essentially, the old man just, uh, he's, he's like, you're like the best used car salesman around. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but God. it's funny. You did get into trouble. There's no doubt about that. But there is something to be said about the hustle about you talking your way into things and out of things and being able as an adult to use that skill to your advantage and not get arrested. But, you know, that is something I'm sure that has benefited you in life. Right. Uh, I love the uh, way you spin the positive all over. Yeah. I'm trying. He's really uh, looking for the, for the, um, <coughs> for the silver lining and the silver the silver lining. Lining. 
Just, and so, Chad's so, juvie uh, stint. Yeah, my juvie stint. Um, I uh, this is this is the clickbait that everyone's gonna that's, they're gonna latch onto this one. Um, so you know, it, it it absolutely helped me, and the hustle, you know, um, I, I've met. I mean, it takes one to know one, and you can't bullshit a bullshitter. And I've met a lot of hustlers um, who have become very successful in this world in every single facet uh, you can possibly imagine. But I mean, now if I think that I've walked out of a store and uh, I've I've paid the wrong price for something because it was the wrong uh, like price tag on there, I will march right back. I'm like, I I think that you undercharged me for this. <laughs> Cause I, I really need to pay back some of this karma. And anytime, <laughs> like anytime something gets stolen from me, I always say the same thing. Yeah. I had that, I had that coming. I yeah. had that coming. <laughs> so yeah. every single time it's like, you know, someone steals something off the property or anything, you know, I'm just like, ah, that one was in the pipeline. That was definitely, that was coming back my way. No, no matter what. He's very forgiving to the, um, the light fingered, uh, nature of some people. I think it's yeah. really, I think it's really interesting, Mike, that you were were like his voice of reason, like his, what was it, Geppetto? And, uh, it was a very quiet. It was a very quiet voice of reason. Need to be like a, he needed a megaphone. Okay, so you guys are living in a town of twenty nine hundred, and you were there for how long? Like your whole childhood. Uh, Mike. Yeah, pretty, you pretty moved much. out. Mike moved out. Like you, you moved to to Vancouver and you joined that metal band. Yeah, and then uh, and I was, I think I was. Oh, that's after we did a little stint in. So we went on the road actually. So the second I got out of high school, um, the the band pretty much the same. I mean, so Mike and Ryan, our guitar player, were in that band as well. Our cousin was drumming. Uh, they were just waiting for me to get out of high school so we could go on the road and play cover tunes uh, all over all over Hell's Half Acre. And, um, and we did that for a few years. And, and you get really good at, um, you know, just standing up there in front of people and either having them love you or hate you and, you know, play ACDC or, you know, whatever, just having them yell at you. And it, that, like, it just doesn't phase you after a while. You just get really good. And yet the other thing you get good at is you start to realize uh, what will pack a dance floor, you know, and, and, and what demographic, you know, if you see a college crowd coming in, you just, you, we would instantly just, you know, we call an audible, bam, we just have them all just jumping, you know, or, or we'd see a little bit of an older crowd, like being able to read the room. Um, that was great. And so for a couple of years, uh, we did that, and then our singer very stereotypically uh, fell in love with a stripper and moved to Toronto. And no, you mean, well, hold on, hold on, a peeler. Let's sorry, this hey, hey, sorry, this guy's sorry. been in Canada. A peeler, yes. <laughs> no. um, he, 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 he evidently <laughs> found her very, he found her very appealing, um, and uh, <laughs> so they took off to uh, Toronto, and we just you know, fell into this weird uh, void of just nothing going on. And then I just started getting in more trouble. And then that's when, Mike, you moved up to Vancouver. You joined a metal band. I wrote nine uh, little songs. Um, I got in trouble one last time. Um, 
And then I was like, I got to get out of this town. I borrowed uh, 4,000 bucks from my stepfather, called some buddies that had come out to Vancouver and had gone to recording school. They got us some studio time. We came out here, recorded a seven song demo. Mike was living in a rehearsal space, uh, working at a Starbucks and uh, gave our demo to some managers who walked it into the local radio station here called Fox and started getting one of the songs played on the radio. And uh, the rest is not quite history. Wow. That's great. Well, let's go back for two seconds, though. So, music. Like, so, when, so, when, so when you were breaking into places. <laughs> <laughs> what was the best Chris, thing you saw? I want to understand, like, your parents' dynamic. Your stepdad. Your, it was your stepdad and your mom. Yeah. Well, they... Uh, Their stepdads. Uh, mom, uh, she... she, um, she, she uh, how, do you, how do you say it? I don't know how you say it. Bad luck um, in relationships. She liked uh, getting married... But I uh, wasn't very good at staying married. I don't. I don't know how you say that. But yeah, there's. Oh, mom, mom, do, mom, don't listen to this. Mom, don't listen to this. <laughs> mom doesn't even know what a podcast is. Don't worry. I mom. feel your mom. I feel. I mean, it happens. Some people aren't meant to be in yeah. long-term relationships. Right. You know? Right. In, in terms of the household, is this like the kind of? Are you like latchkey kids? Are you running around like basically doing your own thing and like grandma's like be basically trying to reel you in and control everything and mom's doing her like was there a, was it tumultuous was it you I know think you're, I think you're writing the screenplay right now. Mm. <laughs> really, you guys are really left to your own devices. Uh, I, I don't know if it was entirely that, but there was there was a you know um, there was a fair bit of moving around. You know um, there would be there would be times when there there might be some upheaval with our mom for whatever reason, and and then that was when the grandparents would kind of take over for a period of time, and and then you know so we kind of we kind of cycled back and forth between our mom and and and, um, and and our grandparents quite a lot. So in 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 mom's defense. She had Mike when she was uh, 19. Ni- 19 and she had uh, me when she was 21. So uh. she's got so she's got two two babies, you know, and she's now the legal drinking age in America. Like yeah. in, Alberta, in Alberta, it's 18. But um, so like that's got to be a lot. You know, oh, yeah, no question about that. No one. No one said it was easy. Anybody on this uh, podcast that has kids. No, yeah. not easy. Yeah. And what about where was your real father? Uh, he was working on uh, horse tracks, so he would go between Calgary and Edmonton and work on the the race tracks, um, like heading horses. Uh, if you know what that means, like so, the gate crew that that uh, like when someone hits the button and they are ring, the bell rings and they all come out of there. So that that all the guys that load those horses in there is a very mm-hmm. dangerous job, actually. So he he became the the head starter uh, at Calgary and Edmonton, and. Um, uh, Anytime we wanted to see him, we kind of had to go see him. So, I mean, we didn't really start developing a decent relationship with him until we were probably teenagers and could just get to him and then go hang out with him. And if we'd go hang out with him, he'd put us to work at the racetrack, hauling feed or working for one of his girlfriends at the time, doing something, you know, around the racetrack. And um, that was that was pretty much the dynamic of our early teens. Right with your with your real father with your real dad and did that did that shift or change in your twenties? I mean, have you established a better sort of more de- deeper relationship with him? Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, um, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, as 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 much of a you know, it. I mean, I'm joking, but you know, when your your kids come into a lot of money, it's like, hey, yeah. that's yeah. that's not re- that's that's not really true though. As much as I mean, that came by that wildness, honestly though. You know, like he, he uh, he's very much a, a very much a carbon copy because. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, quite the uh, <laughs> quite the wild child. Maybe even today. Uh, back well, back when he was younger, he was a lot wilder. Well, really, like, yeah. But I mean, I'm and now you know, I, in in dad's defense, when he couldn't afford to, and I just attack, I just attack them, and you defend them. I, like, I, I, <laughs> I do. Well, I, well, cause I so the one time when, excuse me, when dad, you know, didn't have the money and couldn't afford it. I needed to go on the road with the cover band with you guys and I didn't have a decent guitar or a decent amp. And he's like, okay, well let, let, let me get you what you need. What do you need? And I'm like, well, I mean, dream. I would love a Paul Reed Smith guitar. And that's like, I think it was 17 or 1800 bucks. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, I wanted a mess of boogie amp. And I think that was $2,000. And he went around the bar to all his employees that night when we were at the Horseman's Club and borrowed 4,000 bucks that night. And the next day I had a, a guitar and an amp. Uh, so, I mean... Yeah, I, that's, I, I, that's I, pretty great. Yeah, that guy bought me my first good bass guitar. That guy. That guy. That guy. Well, you know, the that truth guy. of the matter is is that, um, you know, later on in life, it, it turned out that, you know, he wasn't actually my real father. And um, I've never really told anybody this. You know, I'm not, I don't really talk about this. But it explained the difference between Chad and myself. It really did. Because Chad is, like I say, complete carbon copy of his father. Complete. Absolute. Um, to look, voice, uh, a lot of similar behaviors, mannerisms, like identical. And as I grew up, I, I wasn't like that. And, and I didn't understand why am I... Why? Why are those guys so alike, and I'm not like them? It's called and, a moral. It's called a moral compass, Mike. Oh my God, Mike! Why do I have a moral compass? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, wow! Wait, that's a, Wait. that's crazy. Yeah. So your mom, but did your mom know that the whole time? No. <laughs> no. It, it was uh, mom. Don't listen to this. <laughs> don't listen to this. I, you know what? I'm okay to tell the truth. Uh, you know, honestly, um, it, you know, I could dance around it for the rest of my life and never talk about it, but I, I don't want to do that. Um, the fact mm. is, is uh, you know that that that's the truth. That that's that's a fact. And um, uh, it, it, you know, not knowing, you know, in the beginning, not knowing. When I started looking about five years ago, not knowing who my actual father, my, my biological father was, was um, it put me in a really dark place. Like I'm talking mm. about weeks in a dark room drinking dark. Right. Oh, right. It, it was really Buddy. Buddy. because um, I, I was kind of adrift, right? Um, and Don't make your brother cry in front of Kate Hudson. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's not really, it's, it's, it, has a, it has a happy ending. I mean, sort of. Uh, uh, you know, through 23andMe and some good friends, we found out, um, you know, through those DNA tests, uh, my grandparents were located and uh, we made an educated guess of who, you know, 
my biological father was and and submitted that name to my mom and she's like well yeah actually i i did i did date that guy a little bit wow and you know so it was but it was really brief right this is this is very much a, uh one of those hit and run situations i think my mom and and, and chad's dad were really kind of like maybe fighting a little and she had had gone away to to get away from all that i think for like a week. mike mike you can't say chad's dad he was your dad and raised you from. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a whole other podcast. But um, uh, <laughs> but, and, but, yeah, like um, three years ago, I found out who my biological father was. I was lucky to gain um, uh, a new uh, brother and a new sister, and oh uh, thirteen God. new cousins. I got si- I got seven new aunts and uncles. Um, but sadly, my father had passed a year before I found out who he was. Oh, uh, so that that's really. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that's 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 kind of the sad part of the story. But the, yeah. the great part of the story is uh, I, I just um, I found a whole bunch of people that I that I you know share a wow uh, blueprint with. Wow. Well, first I want to say thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's a really beautiful story, honestly, and and relatable. And I think you're going to touch a lot of people with that story. I know that it's not an easy thing to talk about, but I pre- I appreciate you being open about that. Did you look like your father? I mean, when you saw pictures of him, were you... So, so Mike's got... So there's a picture, actually. Oh, yeah. And, and well, guess what? Guess what Michael's real father's name is? <laughs> Michael. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. Shocker. But, but, but yeah. mom didn't totally know who it was. Mom, don't listen to this. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, In her defense... <laughs> just kidding. Keep going. And uh, so Mike's father's... Uh, school picture is thanks, buddy. Um, the similarity is shocking. It's eerie. It's, it's quite eerie. eerie. Mm. And there's, it's just like the black mm. and white. It's the black and white version of of uh, the the guy in front of you wearing the enjoy choke shirt um, with just a little more hair at the time. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it That's is wild. It's crazy. It is crazy. Each and every, Oliver, I have actually been in hot Greece. I have been in hot Belgrade. I have my each and every. I have it right here with me. I've got two. I brought my sandalwood and I brought the citrus one and I love it and it works. And if I don't use it, I can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is my my number one now favorite natural deodorant. It's Formulated with six ingredients, all safe, dead sea salt, coconut oil, natural essential oils, yada, yada. I I would say that it's not just my favorite natural deodorant. It's my favorite just deodorant right now. It's all I use. You know, Wilder, my 13-year-old needs deodorant now. And then last night, my 11-year-old Bodhi, because I think my armpits smell, and they do, which is a whole other conversation that he's 11. The armpits stink, but it's (laughs) each and every. Aaron... Myself. Now all we need is Rio when we've, and the whole family is using it. Ronnie just uses it because I use it. It's like she has to do everything I'm doing. Start them young on the each and every. Each and every, it's vegan, it's cruelty-free, and it comes sustainably packaged. So we want you to see for yourself how awesome each and every is. And we have an amazing deal to get you statted. That's, that's, a, that's a, um, a Massachusetts accent. 30% <laughs> off your first... Purchase 30% off. So go to our special URL, eachandevery.com slash sibling and use promo code sibling30. Use the damn code. Seriously, 30% off. You can't beat it. 
Use promo code SIBLING30 at eachandevery.com slash sibling. So Faraday is a clothing brand close to my heart. Oh, this is a brand that- Close to your heart. Yeah, our family loves it. This is like, you know, we have a store near where we live. And I remember the first time I went in there, I was like, oh, this, so this is basically what everyone's going to be wearing. We had a full Christmas member that was a Faraday Christmas. I just got everybody all of those great kind of flannels. They have those really awesome vintage, more vintage looking flannels, which I like. That's like what they really focus on. But can you see, can you see me? Can you see what I'm wearing? This poncho? No. Oh, that's Faraday. That's Faraday. This is Faraday, a Faraday poncho I'm wearing right now as we speak, as I do this ad. They're the best clothes. I just love them so much. They make the most amazing ponchos, right? Amazing flannels, amazing pants. It's also the vibe, the vibe of the clothes. It's like, if you're traveling, they're easy to travel with. They look good, but they're comfortable. You know what else you can do is you can have a lifetime guarantee of quality and they'll replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. Wow. That's amazing. And so to, to top it all off, Faraday is giving our show and our listeners 20% off. Okay, 20% off. So stock up on all of your clothes for summer now. Use the code sibling to check out and snag 20% off. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go shop. I'm gonna go shop. <laughs> <laughs> go, get on it. Use the code sibling at Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand com for 20% off. Use the code, get the 20. Let's go. I want to know when music became, like, was your family musical or did you guys bring music to the family? Because I know that you had said that you lived so far away from everything that like one record. I mean, it's not like we're, we're of the age, all of us, where we actually had either records or CDs. And when we were really little, it was tapes, you know? So it's not like you could just find Wait, music how, anywhere. How old are you? How old are you, Kate? 42. Yeah. <laughs> 42. Okay. So you're, so, and Oliver, you're 44? 44, yeah. So you're a 76 baby. Mm -hmm. uh, 79. So, so we're all a bunch of 70s babies here. Yeah. I like what's going on here. All mm -hmm. right. In order to actually get a record or get a tape, I mean, you had to either go to a truck stop, probably, right? We had a record store. Yeah, we had a little record store. It was like, it, it turned into half a furniture store and half of, remember, Mike, because it was called Custom Audio for a while. And then and then half of it became, uh, they sold furniture and then there was like a bunch of CDs over on the side wall. Yeah. You, could get, you could get something there if you wanted. You know, it wasn't like you just go to, you know, I remember the first, thing when I needed to download something uh, illegally and I'm like, what is this LimeWire thing? I gotta try oh this. Oh my god, <laughs> LimeWire! LimeWire! I, I don't that. even know LimeWire what LimeWire is. That was before Napster. It was, yeah. yeah it was the yeah. Of Napster. Yeah, LimeWire was the precursor to, yeah. but you know, it's, it's, um, but I know what you're getting at and it's, it's like, uh, the same thing is if you broke a guitar string, where we were at, it was just like devastating. It was so devastating. You just look at it just like, no, because now you got to go and kiss someone's ass in that town that's got that E string, you know, EADGB, one of them, you know, one of those strings. It's like, hey, bro, how much you want for like a, 
How much you want for a D string? <laughs> Fifty bucks. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, that's, clearly, Chad, you just steal it. So. <laughs> oh yeah, probably. Uh, but Chad, didn't didn't do you remember Chad? Did they uh didn't they sell like guitar strings and like drumsticks at Custom Audio? Am I crazy? Did no, they? that was. So Chantel Kennedy's mom started a music shop and they started getting some stuff in, but like, I mean, we were already, I think we were already, I mean, you were, I think you were gone by then. So that was, that was a ways on. I mean, the same thing for a drummer. If you, if you were down to your last pair of drumsticks and you, well, how many times do you remember when we set up grandma's drum kit? So there's a, a response to one of your questions, Kate, when you said, you know, did you bring music to the family or to the yeah, family? Yeah, bring it around, bring it around. So, so uh, my grandmother played drums and my grandfather played bass in this uh, band, like big band, big, big, yeah, big like band. Big, big band, yeah. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so that That's was so really fun. neat. Wait, your grandma played the drums? That's awesome. Well. That's the greatest. Well. Did she have like a did she have like a twenty eight piece kit? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't like the Neil Peart thing. No, no, she she was a little more understated than that. It was the uh, that would have been like. But if you but if you broke a drumstick, you were getting duct tape, and you were like you weren't hitting hard with the right hand or left hand, whichever one it was. You know, you were like you would just utilize anything you could. You know, to to every single degree to make sure that you could just keep practicing or playing or whatever and and um so when we would so now if you need to learn how to play a song or you want to learn a lick or whatever it is you know a riff something you just go on the internet you know youtube will show you 1500 different ways to yeah. play it and you know uh, it's it's just not fucking fair <laughs> yeah. because, because when we grew up it was just like you're sitting you're sitting there just like listening and you're like Oh, it's not quite right. And, yeah, you know. but it, 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 I, I bet it makes better players, more imaginative players. I think it certainly does. Yeah, because you really, because you have to, you have to really hear it, and you have to, you have to, mm-hmm. you have a, probably a, a more familiar foundation with the instrument. Yeah, maybe it's an organic, an organic sort of. Uh, an organic beginning, I suppose. That's right. such a that's such a kind way of saying you're just not as good as the kids these days. <laughs> <laughs> not as good as my son. Uh, no, no. I mean, I know YouTube. it's true. They just like look up YouTube, and before you know it, they're all doing like exactly. They just know how to play. It's so crazy. <laughs> right. So when you got into acting, when when either of you got into like, did you guys go to any sort of formal education for acting? I did. I mean, it wasn't like formal, but I was always in and out of things that <laughs> I was hung, doing. You just I hung out in like, the kitchen with your parents. You just hung out with, yeah. with <laughs> Kurt. <laughs> no, no, I, I like went to Williamstown Theater Festival. Yeah, I, I, I was different. I went to like, you know, Paco's Tacos and acting in, in, in <laughs> Studio, <laughs> studio <laughs> City. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would never know that, Oliver. I never know that. <laughs> I studied with different people that I <laughs> through the years, and and I was always like doing plays and, and and stuff like that. And same with singing; like I was in chorus, and I was always doing something. Like I heard you sing. I heard you sing. It was like a a pre recorded thing or something that you had posted or from home or something like that. And I was like. Oh, here we go. Another actor that thinks that they can sing. And then you started singing. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> girls got chops. Girls got chops. 
Uh, I was like, damn. I'm like, that's not fair. She's a triple, <laughs> triple threat over there. Oh, Holy that makes me feel good. good. I'm glad you recognize breeding. that. I love to say. Oh, I love. I to can sing. tell. Yeah. I, can I, tell. I honestly, honestly, I, 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 I thought at one point that's what I would have done. You know, I, I always wanted to be like a pop star. I think you not too late. You very easily could have made it. I've, I've, uh, and that was an now auto I just tune. It's like it was really good. I was just like I was taken aback. I was just like, wow, she can really, really sing. Oh, thanks. Get on the plane, Kate. Get on the plane. Get on the space for you. Yeah. I want to know when it started for you guys. Like, what was the moment when you're like, oh, fuck, I love music. Like, I know what that moment was for me. And I know what artist it was for me when I was like, I was like 14 in Muskoka. It's when it's when I started to understand like music and sexuality and like music. Melissa Etheridge. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty you pretty much hit it yeah oh my god that's so funny but like it um, it, it like started to like inc- like like just like it became everything like i'd sink into it you know and it was rolling stones tattoo you and it's it's where i started dreaming where i realized that music and dreaming like really went together what did you do you have any moments like that for you guys that were where you really were like with an album or with a with a particular moment or concert where you're like this is everything i want to do i think it would be like all these little moments of of loving this one riff and practicing it over and over i remember i remember a metallica riff actually um that i just absolutely loved and i would just Rewind, playback, rewind, playback, rewind, playback. And for all of you millennials, rewind is a button that... uh, (laughs) Arrows going backwards. Yeah, just backs it up just a little bit. Um, And uh, once I I, I nailed this one riff, I remember cranking up my amp in the kitchen. Um, Mom was gone doing something. And I remember taking the phone off, like calling my buddy and being like, dude, check this out and like playing this riff and he's like dude you got it like you're actually nailing this riff and i mean it took me so long just to get that riff but it was all those little moments of like mm. where where you'd where you or you know you'd you'd sing something and sing and sing and sing and and you know you're, you're trying to increase your range and you just can't get up to this one note and then one day it just something happens and you're just wow you're just hitting this note there's all those little tiny moments that start that that leads you down that path of i think we can do this that and a huge huge bag of bullshit (laughs) (laughs) you know just 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 80 pounds of bullshit shoved into a 40 pound sack just i'd like i just remember conning i just felt like i conned the, the entire band into just about every every single aspect of everything we did like we got the guitar player to go take out a loan for like twenty five thousand dollars and he's like are you sure these songs are good i'm like these songs are amazing dude these are amazing songs like we just need to get to the next step and we were making like we were making our own cds we were pressing our own cds we were making our own so the inlays so I mean, like these days, when I look at 
and and the paper is worth more than the piece of plastic was. So if you yeah. would, like, and it depended on how many colors you do. Because if you just did black and white, the whole thing, it was like the the cost of oh, it was just way cheaper. And if you went to like fourteen colors or twenty eight colors or however it was, the price just starts going through the roof. And so we had to manage every single aspect of that. And I'm sure you were the one who was telling him to get the 25 grand, you know, the hustler being like, no, trust me, guy, this is going to work out. You're going to get your money back and more. This is at least a 10x play for you. I don't think I knew what a 10x play was at the time. And it was just like, you know, I was just like sugar. I was, you know, I was the politician. I was just the sugar coating SOB that was just like, conning everyone the whole way and and they came along willing and then so then i sort of had to become the fearless leader i'm like okay well i talked everybody into doing this so i have to lead these guys into battle every single time we get on stage and if anything goes wrong or there's a problem with anything i take that on my shoulders and when uh, um there's like a lull in the show or anything like that i'm always like okay i have to make this better i've got to sit down and we have to reanalyze like set lists we've got to look at lighting we're gonna have to look at every single thing to make sure that every second of you know every show we play people are just like just entertained to the nth degree um mike i want to know what your moment was for for music um well like him it wasn't really one moment per se, but his was more performative. You know, he, he kind of got engaged with music performatively by doing it. I, I remember just long before I ever played having, having music make an impact on me that I couldn't really avoid. Uh, I remember sitting in our, in our, um, in our living room in, in that small town in Hannah. And I would, um, I would like slide the record player out of the, out of the entertainment center. And, uh, and I would put on something like a Queen record and just plug in headphones and just, I, I played it so loud that it was like, I could feel it moving on my head, you know? And that was when I was, I'd never played before. I, I, I never, I, I didn't have any aspirations of, of actually playing music at that time. It just hit me in a certain way and, and it really moved me to listen to it. And, but I also, it moved me to listen to the different parts of what was going on in there, you mm-hmm. know? And um, it, it, it became kind of a habit and became important to me to, to, to hear this stuff. And, and, and now I, I actually have a physical reaction to music that, you know, when it, when it like, and, and I've obviously gotten um, more sensitive with age or whatever, but when, when I listen that's to called, that's, that called that really like, that's called IBS, that's called IBS. When I listen to something that really affects me, um, I can't help the waterworks start a little bit. I and if know. Really I'm the same. Me, my throat closes. My throat closes when I really get something, and it it doesn't happen very often. But every once in a while, there's a track that I just like. Oh, I feel like I almost can't breathe, and my eyes water a lot. My kids bust me, you know, all the time and give me a hard time about it. Um, and and, and it, but it doesn't go away. The older um, Ollie gets, see. the more sensitive he gets. Yeah, oh, my throat my throat's closed right now. <laughs> oh wow! You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Queen and Led Zeppelin. That was the stuff that mm. that uh, really, really tore me up. Yeah. If that's the truth, Mike, then why did you wake me up every single morning before school cranking Slayer? Oh yeah. Oh. Well, that was later. <laughs> I, I get I get kind of choky about Slayer now. So you oh know, my it, god, it, 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 blood makes you cry. 
Yeah, oh. yeah, exactly. Right. Oh. I cry because yeah. I can't believe they can play that. It yeah. was Rain and Blood. It was Rain and Blood. blood. Yeah. I played my kids when they were when they were babies. I was like, you guys, you gotta hear Raining Blood. And and oh. we we're going to school just fucking rocking raining blood. <laughs> raining blood is raining blood is you know to the uninitiated. The album is called Rain and Blood. The first song is called Rain and Blood. The last song is called Raining Blood. And right. that is the opus right there. I, I, I'm so amazed that you pulled that, Oliver. That's fantastic. Raining Blood is, uh, that is a, uh, that's like a piece of history. Helix. So Helix Mattress. You have a quiz. You take just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. So if you like a mattress that's really soft or firm, you sleep on your side or on your back or your stomach or what have you, if you're, if you sleep hot, um, you, or if you sleep like cold or hot Helix with Helix, there's a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique taste. Oliver, we both own Helixes. I really, lo I really love my Helix. I love my Helix. I took the quiz. I got a, uh, a Midnight Lux. Yeah, you know, it's my beautiful bed. I haven't been in in a long time, honestly. I haven't been in it in a minute. Oh, I rhymed. Um, <laughs> but I do miss my Helix. You know, everything is better on the Helix. You're, it's good knee support. You know, if you're making love. You always have to go. You always have to go to to that. I will say, I was craving the Helix mattress in Greece because we basically slept on a cinder block. Like everything was hard. There is nothing like a good mattress. And we can tell you right now, Helix is, is absolutely amazing, but you don't have to take our word for it. It was voted number one best overall mattress pick in 2019 and 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. They have a 10 year warranty and you get to try it out for a hundred nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. Yeah, just take your two-minute quiz. Easy, two-minute quiz, and then you're off to the races. So Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash sibling. That's H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash sibling for up to $200 off. Put the code in. Ollie, you're tapping the Rockies right now. I'm tapping the Rockies. I'm a Coors Light man. I basically turned into a silver bullet can. <laughs> so I'm slowly from my feet up turning into a Coors Light can. This is what's happening. That's good. <laughs> I've been drinking my Coors Light. I'm, I'm actually going to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, even though I won't be in the Rockies, Specifically, I will be taking my course light with me there as well. I just love it. I just love it. We're in the last month of summer. Can you believe it? With a course light, summer doesn't really have to end because you can just relax and enjoy these last moments. Slowing it down mm -hmm. with a brewski. Yes, with the beer that is literally made to chill. I mean, you know, we want you to savor every second of summer. Well, course light is the official beer of slowing down summer. So it is. Yeah, it's made to chill. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies themselves. It's the official beer of slowing down summer. Because as the beer that is made to chill, we want you to savor every second of summer. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com/Hudson. H-U-D-S-O-N. Hudson. 
Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So when did the band get together? When you went to Vancouver, when did this, when did it all happen? When was the, what was the moment? You know what I mean? Like, what was the single? How did it all happen? And all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, we are. It was, it was this, it wasn't, I mean, it was kind of overnight, but it wasn't. So we had like probably, I don't know, four or five like independent singles on the radio across Canada. Um, And I mean, I mean, you know how the public thinks they're like, oh, you're on the radio, you're rich, mm-hmm. you know, but I was, I was still moving furniture. Like I walked into this lady's house one time and I, I'm holding this heavy box of God knows what. And she looks at me and goes, are you the singer for Nickelback? I'm like, yeah, where do you want this? Cause this is heavy as hell, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, you know, so you're still working straight jobs and whatnot, but yeah. um, you know, once, once we got signed, even that was a slow progression. So we went out on the road for the first 14 months opening for absolutely everybody. Um, and we went everybody, everywhere. And then they gave us five weeks to go back in the studio and make a record. Um, and we made an album called Silver Side Up uh, with a song on there called How You Remind Me. And that was the moment where everything changed. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, we're uh <laughs> everything changes because that single just took off and that was it yeah yeah that yeah. got weird really quick too it did yeah. how did it get weird uh it, it, it just went it went international instantly so yeah. it was like we we just started getting used to playing larger rooms in north america and then it's like hey you're going to australia hey you're mm-hmm. going to england yeah. hey you're going to japan you know it, was, it, it got it got really really cool it was fun and were you guys pumped? Was there a were you, was there fear at all? Or were you guys like, whole, I mean, fear of success in a sense? Like, holy shit, we're we're kind of here right now. Let's mm. how do we maintain this or what do we they, do? Well, they said to us, they're like, okay, how do you guys want the show to look? Because you can do anything you want. We were like, well, what do you mean we can do anything we want? They said, well, the entire the entire world tour is sold out, and you guys are playing arenas. And you guys can do anything you want. And I'm like, I, I want to blow up everything. I want flames. I want flames coming out of the stage. I want explosions. I want a massive stage. I want a huge screen. I want, you know, all these things. Um, and uh, they're like, done, done. And and then we, you know, it was just a, mm-hmm. and it was just, it was just fun. And what year, what year was this? 2001. Right. 2001 yeah and the and in the, into the end of 2000 yeah it was 2001 in the beginning of 2002 when it was when it was uh the eye of the hurricane so to speak yeah and then after 2002 second album stuff you know was there pressure in a sense to like okay we did one let's keep this train going <laughs> yes yes turns out that's how you keep the lights on at record companies <laughs> they're right. like, they just giving us the whole they, I mean, they were supportive and everything, but they, all of them, like our manager, the record company, it's like, okay, well, you can't have, really have this kind of success and then duplicate it. So you should just sort of prepare yourself for the downhill, you know, the downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we came out with a song called Someday. And then on there was a rock track that started off with, I like your pants around your feet. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and then 
and then the vitriol began. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can have success with a sophomore album, then you've really like so, kind of solidified. You know, it's sort of like that pressure is real. You know, but but some people have a shitty sophomore, and then their third album's better. You know, and that was the case. That was the that case. Was indeed us. the case because we put out an album uh, after that called um, "All the Right Reasons." And it had seven singles on it, um, you know, songs like Photograph, Far mm. Away, Animals, Rockstar, uh, Side of a Bullet. I mean, it was just, uh, if, if everyone cared, there was just mm. this, you know, crazy monster record. Cause they, and they kept telling us, so they were just prepared. So like the third album is just going to tank, <laughs> you know. And uh, I think at this point, it's, uh, I think we're somewhere in the neighborhood of 22 million in sales on, the, on that record. Tw- wow. on, the th- on the third record. On the third record. The third record sold 22 million copies. That's probably. so crazy. Yeah. Wow. And, then, and that one went to went on to become easily our, our largest, uh, like our most How, how many records album. have you guys sold, you know, in your career? 50, right? Uh, it's getting close to 60 million now. Mm. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. yeah. <clears throat> yes, it is. I mean, wow. That's, just that's a lot of things. I don't know what, what does 50 or 60 million of anything look like? Can anybody help me with that? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't know. It's weird. A lot. I not ha- it looks an awful lot like not having to wake up to an alarm unless you're getting on a, a Zoom call with uh, Kate and Oliver. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, do you write everything? Is it all you? Do you ever bring in writers? And do you produce your own albums or do you work with producers? I mean, some, I would assume you work with some pretty great producers. Uh, we did for a while. I mean, we've worked with, so I guess the biggest one would be Mutt Lang. Um, we brought Mutt out of retirement. Um, and uh, we were very, very fortunate to, because I think I personally was worried that it was, things were going to start getting a little stagnant or a little stale. And and I didn't want, because when a lot of the chord progressions or a lot of the melodies are coming out of the, I guess I would be called the primary writer and they're coming out of me. Um, it, uh, I was just worried that I'm going to start going back to the same well, a lot of times involuntarily. And so I wanted to be cognizant of that. And I thought it would be great if we could bring someone in that would, um, take us down different paths, um, safely you know, and just be like, try this, try this, try this, try this, try this. And that was an album called Dark Horse. Um, and uh, that was, that was wonderful. That was great. But a lot of times it's, it's usually us sort of steering the ship and, and knowing um, where we're going. Cause you can kind of tell what you're writing. Like when it starts coming out, it's like, Oh, it's going to be one of these. It's going to be like a, a heavy rock tune. Or it's going to be, oh, this is going to be sort of a nostalgic mid-tempo guy. And, and you just sort of know where you're directing it. But even in that sense, it's nice to just have someone come in and, and give you different flavors. Yeah. Um, did you go to Mutt in Switzerland? Did you go to his place? Yeah, we there? did. Yeah, we did three songs in Switzerland. And then um, and then uh, he and uh, Eileen were having some problems there. And uh, that's... It's Shania's real name, Oliver. You look uh, you look confused. <laughs> no, I, I know Eileen. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. Oh. Yeah. So um, so then, 
so he Mutt said, uh, Hey, I think we should, uh, let's go to your place. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so then, so then Mutt moved uh, in here for five months, uh, Seven straight months. Se- seven straight months. Sorry, Brad's Brad is correcting me. Seven every right. day here. Yes, and Fine. then we. Uh, yeah. So you got two thousand one. You got two thousand one. There's certain genres of music that get hot and then fall away, right? So how do you move with that? Did you move with that? Do you have any regrets that you maybe didn't sort of conform to the new genres or evolve? And I'm not saying you haven't, but you know. Where where does where do you stand there, as far as your, your evolution of sorts? And then when we first started this thing, Oliver, um, you know, four dudes in a band playing, you know, with guitars and stuff, it was more about the Shania Twain's of the world at that time, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. the way that the industry treated it and the consumers too was that if you weren't like a female singer songwriter pretty much wasting your time like when we first started that was the sentiment in in the world of music at that time so we we were fighting headwinds from the beginning. what was the year what was the year uh, that, that was like 96 you know when we first began 96 97 and and that was it was sort of yeah it was it, major headwinds major headwinds and we've had them since you know the the, the cycle of music continues apace right you know we see mm-hmm. that uh sometimes it's it's cool to be um in a rock band and, and sometimes it's harder to sell that and you know it looks like it's coming back around again thank goodness mm-hmm. oh yeah it is i can tell with the with the gen z too like my son and they're all listening to like early 90s music and they all want to mm-hmm. be in rock bands yeah thank how, god thank god <laughs> how do you guys deal with like hey how do you guys deal with haters and like you know the people who are always hating on you guys or the people who are you know that once that social media kicks up and how does that affect you how do you deal with that shit do you just slough it off and say fuck off we're doing what we're doing does it get into your soul like where are you at with all that we we fixate on it until we can't sleep at night oh stop it (laughs) so the real answer is is that in the beginning, you know, we when we started this thing, we were very much, you know, there, there's there's very much that that um, phenomenon where it's the the hopeless new guys who don't have a chance that everybody gets behind because you're you're the underdogs and everybody wants to cheer for an underdog and get behind what we were doing and, and you know so we went from utter and total obscurity, nobody knew who we were, to being the new guys who you know, hapless, helpless, basically no chance in hell this is going to work. And everybody, you know, jumped on and, and wanted to support us and help us. And, and then and then when you pass a certain kind of threshold of whatever everybody considers to be visibility, that's when it's time for you to get cut back down again. You know, the mm-hmm. tall poppy syndrome. I'm sure you've heard of that before. Uh, you, you just, you grow, you grow beyond what uh, the, the rest of the tribe thinks you should be. So you, you, uh, they, they send you out there to cut your own switch and, um, and they kick your ass. Um, mm-hmm. and, and in the beginning, it really it's such the nature of the beast, isn't it? Yeah, it, it does. It happens. Um, you know, it really hurt in the beginning, uh, until I think for, for me, it's, I, I just kind of realized that all of my favorite bands went through that when they were successful, you know, all of my favorite bands got roundly, killed for doing well you know mm-hmm. because it's like oh i was a fan when they you know bef- when it was cool you know right <laughs> everybody's like oh yeah they used to be cool but now they sold all these records and they suck 
You know, mm-hmm. that, that's the, the sentiment that just overrides everything. I remember it even going to high school, even junior high school, people saying that about bands that, you know, Bon Jovi was a good example that everybody loved Bon Jovi and then Bon Jovi got really huge. And it's like, yeah, fuck these guys, you know, mm-hmm. like get rid of it. You know, that's, it's time for them to get cut down, you know, and, and it's not mm-hmm. fair because they're obviously fantastic still. And, and we're fantastic the whole time. He's the best. Mm-hmm. How about um, you guys as brothers? I mean, I was, I was on a tour once with um, Noel and Liam and then my ex-husband and Rich. I have a story for you, Kate. And um, Chad doesn't know this one. Uh, <laughs> it just happened a few weeks ago. Um, you, was, were gonna, uh, you were going to break the band up a couple of weeks oh, ago? No, no, no. <laughs> I, was, I was at a restaurant here in Los Angeles um, where many of the fabulous are known to frequent or whatever. And um, I ran into a friend of mine who's a photographer. And his name's Ross Halpin. He's an angry little British man, and I love him. I love us. He, he is said, awesome. said, hey, I'm here with the Black Crows guys. Would you like to meet them? And I was like, sure. So he you know, took me over to the table where the two brothers are sitting, right? And they got up to say hello and shake hands. And, oh, hi, nice to meet you, you know. And I said, so, how's it going? And Chris <laughs> grabbed Rich by, like, around the neck and, like, kissed his face and mm. laughed and laughed. And I was like, you're not fooling anybody, man. I know how this works. <laughs> I'm in a band with my brother too. Just, you don't have to. You don't have to do that. But they, <laughs> then they were roaring. They they yeah. laughed their heads off about that. And and the truth is, is you know, it's never going to be perfect. You know, it just it is never going to be perfect. And yeah, no, we don't get into the the Gallagher esque uh, brawls or or you know um, publicly embarrass ourselves like that. But um, we certainly don't always agree, you know, but Mm -hmm. we, you know, we take care of stuff on our own and have a little, you know, like, yeah, just just, we're it's not it's not so charged that we can't keep a lid on it, let's say. I don't know. I feel like the band dynamic is that it really does need a very like real strict boundaries or else it can get super messy. Um, Chad's the guy who has to sing in the songs. So, um. You know, and he has, like he said, when somebody breaks a string or something fucks up, he's the guy who has to keep the train moving when the train's getting worked on. So that that's just naturally a a leadership position. Chad leads his band. Absolutely. We, uh, yeah, maybe on stage. Um, The things that that Mike and I would uh, disagree on would be like, you know, are we going to go to South Africa after Germany? Or do you want to go there after we hit Russia, you know, and then figuring out the logistics of when to go to different countries and whatnot. And, and um, that's when, that's when all, you know, he, we start butting heads on logistics. So typically, and I don't know what, I don't know what most bands fight over. I mean, it's, I'm sure from pizza toppings to whatever else, I don't know. But I, I know that when we when we have arguments, it has more to do with, um, uh, almost more to do with like running a global corporation than it does to do with uh, to, to being in a band together. Mm-hmm. Because, because when you can't go to Australia, because the Australian dollar is so low 
that we're going to lose money and we have to wait for the Aussie buck to come back up? Do we head over to Europe first? And though, and these are the things that we have to figure out logistically. Um, it's not like, no, I said go to the A minor, bro. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah, we don't have those like rehearsal hall scraps where no. somebody didn't um, fucking play the right chord or something and somebody gets punched in the mouth. Like that doesn't happen. But I mean, it sounds like you wouldn't because you have just beyond music, you guys have a, a, a great brotherly relationship from the get. You it's know? pretty good. So, yeah, it's pretty good. It really, it's good. really is. You know, there's... Fa- there's foundation there. There's stability. So you're able to sort of maybe communicate better than the Robinson brothers or the Gallagher's. Yeah. Did someone in the in your PR act, literally think that you guys should fight publicly? That happened. Are, that you just, happened. are you just like going through nasty shit on the internet right now? You're just reading. No, like no. Okay. Allison you're right. researches. You're right. I have you're all right. kinds of stuff in here. We had a, we were, I, I remember this, Kate, we were in London and- They wanted us to get, they wanted me to get arrested for something. No, 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 it's not that one. No, that oh, one. It was when one of our singles, um, I don't remember which single it was or even what album it was, but I remember I was in the Jury Street, uh, a Jury's Hotel on, on Great Russell Street in London and my phone in my room rang and I picked it up and it was one of the promo guys from New York. Be more and- specific, be more specific. I, I have one, I, but I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, protect the uh, the identities of the guilty here. Uh, but aside from that, I'm gonna be pretty specific. Um, and uh, you know, the guy called and he said, "Well, first of all, a little bit of background. The we had a single that I think was struggling a little bit, and they were having a hard time breaking into the top ten or something like that. And what he suggested it was that Chad and I get in a an actual fist fight publicly that we that we go to a bar and actually stage a fight and i was like that is so crazy you're on fucking crack there's no way oh my god you know we're into success and selling records but come on like that's that's, insane that's insane but i i don't know that everyone says no to that guys oh my god i think more people would probably say yes than no honestly i mean i mean you know who doesn't love to put on a show for for the for the people. <laughs> oh, I think about it every uh, yeah. day. I'm sure we could choreograph a really sweet uh, Jackie Chan. You should do a really you know? funny. You should do a really funny fight. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's all funny until somebody gets hit in the nose, and then it's like, <laughs> then it's real. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're going off script, bro. We're going off script. <laughs> you guys doing new music? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're in the studio now. I mean, you guys are actually in the midst of recording. Correct. I'm, I'm in the studio right now, so I'm in my studio. So we, I just. So how far along? How far along are we? I mean, are we? Probably half. Cool. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Are you going to start touring anytime soon? I think we've got 44 shows lined up in uh, 2022, starting in June. And what kind of venues are you plan? Are, are you going to play? Amphitheaters. Oh, yeah, we're gonna play all those sheds, fun. those semi indoor, semi outdoor yeah. things. Yeah, this is exciting. I, I, I have, I've loved getting to know you, um, and talk to you for this hour. Uh, and I yeah. want to, I want to get into our our speed round because I know hey, you're gonna have to do this on your own because I gotta go to the studio ten thirty. I'm already late. I'm already late. Oh. But Uh-oh. this was this was really fun, and there's more to talk about. I want to, I, I want to get into all the devious stuff. 
<laughs> um, I had a great time, you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Love you, Ollie. You. Thank you very much. Over yourself. All right. Well, let's do the speed round. The speed round. Okay. One word to describe each other. Creative. Responsible. My God, what would Chad do without you, Mike? <laughs> it sounds like you kind of hold all the pieces together. You're the moral, Mike's moral compass. I, I, you know, that, that, that is what it sounds like. I think he'd be just fine. He, uh, Mike's, just the, fine. Mike's the, the, the band grandmother. <laughs> okay, one word to describe your relationship. Hmm. At the risk of stoking the fires, I'd say complex. It is complex. Um, I was going to say diverse. Ooh, that's a good word too. Why is it so complex? You guys haven't really delved into your complexity. Well, because we, we wear different hats. I mean, he and I literally can finish up uh, each other's a, a heated each other's sandwiches, a heated debate, um, and then you know the second we're off off the road, he's like. Okay, so are you going to come over and see the kids because you know it's Avalon's birthday? And I'm like, yeah, I'll just uh, when do you want me over there? You want me like at seven? So I'll come see at seven, you know. And then it's just yeah. family. It goes, it goes. It's so weird to go from you know running a band together to like all of a sudden I'm Uncle Chad or I'm the brother or I'm the the brother-in-law to mm-hmm. Angela, my sister-in-law. So there's just such it's it's there are many dichotomies. I feel like all sibling relationships are actually pretty complex. Okay. Who's more emotional? Oh, go ahead, Chad. Uh, I, well, come on, man. I just, I, I guess I got to say me, but in different ways. Like, I'd say you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's just my answer. Yeah. Are you comfortable? Do you cry a lot? Or? Do I cry? See, that's what I meant by. So just the word emotional alone is just like. <laughs> It, which which emotion? What kind of emotional? Well, emotional. Um, I mean, are you comfortable crying? Yeah, it just takes the right amount of tequila. Great. Oh, so you're one. You're a crier. I get it. No, no. <laughs> Stage four. Stage four. Stage four uh, is the crying part. No. Um, see, see, I would think that the emotion part comes, I would, you know, there's, there's a lot of passion that comes with it. So if I'm passionate about something, um, creativity or any part of like a vision that I'm seeing, um, well, it was the same way when we were trying to get this band off the ground. For me, it was either you're in or you're in the way. And there is nothing in between. Either you're in or you're in the way. And when I see the end goal, Nothing on this planet will stop me from getting there. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, do I bring emotion into that? Uh, 100%. And I'm insanely competitive. Right. I don't... <laughs> I, I, don't I just I, saw it. I just saw yeah. it. Wait, when's your um, birthday, Chad? What's your sign? If you, if you had to guess. Okay, you're a fire sign. I'm a Scorpio, 100%. Oh, oh, God. Okay, you know, Mike? I'm a cancer sign. Oh, no wonder. You guys, Aww. like, fit, you fit your signs. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're a Scorpio. Jeez. Yeah, I, I say Scorpio, and, and she goes, oh, yeah. Mike says cancer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, okay, who's more introverted? 
Mike. Yeah, me for sure. Definitely. Oh, Could right. survive yeah. the longest on the road. Me. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah Who was a tattletale? Me. Mike. For sure. I'm I'm a very rule bound person. I'm a rule bound. I'm a rule bound person. I'm a truth bound person. I don't keep secrets, as was evidenced earlier in the podcast. I, I you know, I just I don't. I'm not good at being false. I'm not good at it at all. I I, I tattle. I follow the rule. I tell on myself. You know, if I do something wrong. What was the first album you ever bought? Do you remember yours, Chad? <sighs> Like Dawkin back for the attack or something like that. Nice, Paul. Good one. Why, what, what? Dawkin back for the attack. I don't even you know, know what that, that is. Metal band Dawkin from the nineties. Nineties. This is eighties. Eighties. Uh, okay, maybe. Yeah, oh. you're right. It wasn't even. No, I think the first one was Tooth and Nail. Mm, okay. Oh yeah, right. With the yeah, with the claw thing on the cover, right? There yeah. Um, mine was um, uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall, actually. Oh, yeah. Still one of my favorites. What's the thing you most fight about? Whether or not we're going to do a podcast with Kate and Oliver. <laughs> no, you're going to fight about why you did the podcast. <laughs> um, well, we'll see, how, we'll see how this gets edited. <laughs> um, so if you could live off one food forever, what would it be? I don't know if you know what this is. Well, yeah, you spend enough time in Canada. Pierogies. Oh my God, pierogies! Uh, I I really developed a a, a powerful uh, addiction to um, venison. That is the first time we've heard that on this show. Yeah, venison. Yeah. Yep, it's yeah. a beautiful lean meat. Super lean. You got to bring your own yes. fat when you cook that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I really nice. like it a lot. Yeah. Who's the most athletic? Mike. Yeah, it's me. Mike works out a lot. Okay. Who has better taste in music? Ooh. Chad, for sure. That's not true because I literally am the biggest Nickelback fan in the world, so I got to go with Mike. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, it depends on what your idea of good taste is, right? Like, I mean, you know, th that's that's pretty subjective. It's hard hard to say what what's 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 good taste. What does that mean? to you so like kate every single time we get off stage and mike puts in his his uh his earbuds or whatever he's listening to it's just non-stop oh jeez. that's like 20 24 7 the heaviest screamingest most angriest pissed off shit you've ever heard in your life like it is angry. So I mean, basically, you your kids like jazz. Yeah. Right. Like your kids are like the opposite. They're like dad. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. My my children listen to everything from. Um, uh, uh, let's see here, like uh, Chet Baker to yeah. uh, the Sex Pistols. Yeah. The, yeah. My kids so your have the, kids most have the best taste, taste in music is what you're saying. <laughs> and my kids do have the best taste in music. Um, okay, first celebrity crush. Kate Hudson. <laughs> you think I'm, I'm not kidding? allowed. I'm not allowed. That's unfair. <laughs> first? Oh, I can't use you? Okay, Leonardo DiCaprio. 
<laughs> Good one. Oh, that's amazing. Good one. Pop I that love one. that one. <laughs> He's pretty dreamy. Chad? I don't know. First celebrity crush. Um, you can answer obliquely like that. Oh, oh, wait. Just a minute. Who's... There was a girl that used to be in movies once in a while, and I was... She was in something like uh, The Babysitter or something like that, and they still... Elizabeth like, Shue. Oh yeah, she had a she had a moment. Yeah. It might have been Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, she was. She or was or Phoebe Cates, you know, Ooh, from Phoebe Fast Cates. Times. Wow. Or Nicole no, go. Eggert. Remember Nicole uh, Eggert? Or she, it was Saved by the, or not Saved by the Bell? She was in uh, uh, Charles in Charge. First concert. Okay. We were together. What was it? Uh, Metallica. No, I thought it was. Wait a minute. Was it Poison? I think it was Poison and Tesla. Yeah, it was Poison and Tesla, I think was the first one. Oh, uh, I think Metallica was the second one. Yeah, yeah we, went it was, to, was. we went to Injustice for All. That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay, poison and Tesla. Okay, if you were to rob a bank, who would be driving the getaway car and who would actually rob the bank? If you, I mean, we don't have to, we don't have to answer this question. You already know. You know who it is. You, you tell tell us who it is. Kate. I, I just feel know. like Chad would do both. And Mike I was just gonna say, like, I don't want <laughs> any <laughs> part of this. Like, like, he's robbing a bank. He's literally <laughs> robbing the bank. He's in there. But as far as driving goes, there's no question. Who would do the driving? Like Chad would do the driving. Oh my god! I refuse to ride in car with this guy. It's oh no! It oh god! Utterly out of control. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Don't do it. And do you like cars? Are you one of those? I'm. I'm. I just have nothing but horrible attributes. Uh, just the worst <laughs> person on the planet. Well, we've settled no, who's the most emotional. Yeah. Uh huh. You're an emotional. I'm getting. Uh, I'm getting driver. that you're. I'm getting that you're an emotional. I'm an emotional driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So our last question that we ask, it's a two-part question. And the first part of it is, what is one thing that you would love to emulate? Something that your brother, you know, a characteristic of your brothers that you wish, that you would love to emulate. And then the other part is that what is the one thing from your bro that you wish you could alleviate because you think it would make their life, you know, better or more optimal. Optimal. I would say if if I ever become uh, a father, I would like to be as good a father as Mike is because Mike is like he would win Dad of the Year every every year uh, since the moment of those children's birth. Um, he is wow, just unlimited patience and and yeah okay um no no i'm, I'm gonna pull a tear here mister okay, yeah you do it do it <laughs> no and if i could if i could alleviate one attribute from mike that i think would make his life easier what would it be um an attribute that i could alleviate from your life if i could take something from you and make your life easier um i'm gonna say I think that if you were just a little bit more carefree, I think oh. your your stress level would probably come down a bit. 
I think, I think you're right on target with that one because that's, I think the thing I need the most work on as a person is how to, how to relax and, and not be so stressed. Stress that, is a killer, you know, and that, and that clock's, that clock's wound a little tight. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, so shoot for me. Um, the thing that I admire most about, about Chad is that the gift that Chad has to create is something that, well, I'm not the only one. I mean, I've, you know, I've talked to some of the most creative people in the world and they have said that the Chad is, is a standout creator. Like to, to, to be able to, to sit down and, and make, turn nothing into something is, is, uh, it mystifies me completely. And I, and I, I admire it so much. It's, it's such a, it's such a special thing that only, you know, a handful of people get to do, you know, and, or can do that is, or have that ability to be able to do that. And I think that's, that's probably the, uh, you know, the most, the, the most amazing thing about you is that you, you can, you know, to be able to, to do that is, it's really a special thing. I, I, I don't, um, I think it would be easy to minimize, but I, 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 I would never do that. I, never. Uh, it, I think it's a, I think it's a tremendous, a tremendous attribute and, and it's really a mystery, you know, honestly. Um, thank you. And uh, we already said I was the emotional one. So stop. Don't, <laughs> um, the uh, thing that I would revise about Chad. Um, or alleviate. Or alleviate. Oh, he's not going to stop there. It's going to be revised for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. you're kind of she, changing the question. <laughs> okay, okay. But, but Alivia, yeah, to make his life better, right? I, I think it would be really good for him if he could, if, if he could not consider what other people think to have any importance, you know? I, I, wish, I wish he really, truly didn't give her a shit. I really do, because I think that would make his life so much better. Um. You guys, thank you so much. I really you. appreciate your candidness and coming on and spending this hour with us. It was awesome. And I look forward to seeing you in person yeah. one of these days. That'd be, that'd be great. Yeah. Thanks so much for this opportunity, Kate. It was really nice. Thank you. Sibling Revelry is executive produced by Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson. Producer is Allison Bresnik. Editor is Josh Windish. Music by Mark Hudson, a.k.a. Uncle Mark. If you want to show us some love, rate the show and leave us a review. This show is powered by Simplecast. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.